Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. This podcast is for you if you have an insane drive to find the truth of things. It's not the good answers that we seek, but the good questions. I interview a range of different guests from many different fields, all with the intention to uncover the simple truths that are hidden in plain sight. Most people don't want to go there. I go there. My guests go there, and you benefit. Please let me know if you enjoy these episodes, and as always, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. My guest today is Z Schwab. Uh, he's doing some interesting stuff. They're developing an innovative identity protocol with a reputation-based indexing system that revolutionizes online identity management, which is definitely going to become a problem very soon, if not already, with all the crazy online AI videos. I just saw one two days ago where all of the um, people talking about the news were all AI generated and they looked real uh, and it's going to become impossible to trust anything online. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Z. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. I'm looking forward. So uh, yeah, can, can, can you go into why this problem? Why did you get focused on developing this identity protocol? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So I, I've actually, my background is in uh, is in medicine to some degree. I'm a former med student and I was like halfway through that process. Uh, I, I decided to take an internship at a uh, international hospital. I emailed the head of pediatric oncology and I was like, hey, can I shadow you? And he responded, no, you cannot send this. But please, you know, I, before I commit to this sort of world. I want to have a much more you know, hands-on experience, see what it's like. People just go into work. They have no idea what it looks like, you know, before. So he's like, all right, cool. You know, fly in, show up and we'll see. So I flew in, showed up and he's like, hey, you know, fine. You can, you can shadow me. So I spent, I think it was about 10 months um, working directly underneath him and just given the nature of himself and, and the country itself, I got to do like a lot of clinicals. I, I remember the first day he turns to me, he's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, grab a stethoscope, check this. And I said, I, I, you know, I'm not trained. He's like, I don't really care. You've been watching me for two months. Like, just do it. I'll double check. It's fine. So at the end of that, what, what I came to realize really after he sat me down uh, and we, we had a good talk, it's just, it's, it's really difficult to innovate in the field of medicine. And so I ended up launching my first startup in which we were taking a look at all the NIH databases, um, Medscape databases, which is kind of like a doctor database, uh, and looking at studies, looking at the causes behind various conditions, um, consolidating these pieces of information, and then using that to come up with new pharmaceutical formulas, natural formulas, kind of both directions, um, just using peer-reviewed research that simply was underutilized slash not used at all, which is how the industry works, right? You have someone going for a PhD and they have to write a paper. So they do, and it goes nowhere. But the reality is it's a lot of really, really good data that you can use. So we were taking that, using it, and coming up with new uh, formulas. And I ran into an issue there in that um, how do you rank these pieces of information? How do you know what's the most useful, um, what's kind of actually worthwhile going after? And it turned out that the best way to do it was to understand who the creator behind that uh, paper piece of content, you can, let's, let's look at it like that, was, you know, uh, did they exist prior? Who had they previously uh, worked with to, to write something or really involved in anything? And what it really is was ideally 
like the, the internet could have a protocol that would allow um, you to better understand everybody just based on the way they've engaged with other people, right? So if you post something and you have someone engage with the post that you made, let's say you posted about topic A and then someone engages with that who's you know pretty pretty already well-known in topic A, um, engagement's really this signal of how valuable the information you're sharing is, uh, right? A like is kind of this like low-level signal. Uh, a response would be a pretty high-level signal. And so I figured that, hey, this is a really easy way to just use the way people act online to give them an identity. Um, and then you can take that and just make it anonymous. If you don't want to be anonymous, you know, you can just put your real name on it. Um, and that's, that's it pushed me in this direction. Uh, so that's super interesting. Definitely involves a lot of stuff I'm, I'm tracking. Um, what you said about the peer review system is really interesting. And I mean, it's so congruent maybe synchronistic with AI. And I imagine that you got started before LLMs uh, uh, got got going. And, and, and so how have LLMs changed your thesis, at, if at all? Um, and uh, what, what do you think about LLMs in terms of either that piece that you mentioned about validating that person or that original problem set that you had, which is how do you rank all of the different uh, pieces of information how has AI changed what you're what you're thinking? So the first thing that, that it makes me think about is, okay, say you have AI and it creates pieces of content, right? Uh, it's, it's a bot account, essentially, and it's creating pieces of content, and it's suddenly getting ranked because of that. I don't see that as an issue, because what, what I'm looking to do is less necessarily give a person an identity, but simply give other people the capability of understanding What's the source content? What what is it like? How is it behaved? It can be like completely a computer. That's fine. But if you understand how useful it's been to other people, uh, um, how smart it really is, that's fine. I, I mean, ideally, of course, the, the people that would most benefit from benefit from this is is actually people um, or the people behind right a, a bot sort of account. Uh, but the reality is, it's beneficial all around, regardless of who the actor is. When, when it comes to peer review and that sort of thing, I mean, it's, uh, let's be real, the system's kind of a joke, but it's you can see it with, the, with all the papers that have been written that are like completely, you know, uh, not even realistic. Um, I mean, also in general, a system that like you write a paper and then other people have to agree with it to have either come from the Good. revolving door of pharmaceutical companies like what is this consensus okay. consensus <laughs> this is this is this is the, the exactly. craziest thing about our the craziest thing about our system and i completely agree uh yeah. it's all it's all a joke uh uh and, but it, so but there is something to consensus because you know there's consensus algorithms now and i know that you're 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 involved in the in the crypto stuff i believe i believe you're you're involved in the crypto stuff and and you know the idea of a consensus algorithm uh and the consensus for proof of work is the fact that you know people are using their electricity to verify uh the transactions and the uh, proof of stake which i guess proof of stake kind of goes a little bit more into that peer review system because it allows kind of a bigger uh the bigger bigger players to to essentially have more trust in that same thing that we've been discussing uh in terms of that 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 signifier of of who who did this thing um and uh and but yeah the 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 fundamental point is that our scientific system has sort of devolved into well do other people agree with me 
and like that's the that's the the most ridiculous thing if we if we look at the history of science because like science came out of these like punk rock uh uh you know uh wealthy gentlemen you know in their in their in their uh sort of the royal sciences in london or in the in the you know the outskirts doing their random studies on things like they weren't asking on themselves too yeah on themselves too yeah exactly Which is yeah. the coolest thing yeah um yeah they weren't they weren't asking what i mean they definitely talked with their peer reviews and they definitely had their their republic of letters uh which was you know they would talk with all the people but they weren't asking like for permission to do to do research and and now now that's where the world that we're in where it's like yo you got to do a phd you got to get that peer review revisor it all depends on the that that you know that person that you choose whether you're going to be known and how many citations you get and all this all this crazy stuff um i don't have a question here but what what did that bring up in you yeah it, it always makes me think of like you would think that so i mean consensus should kind of work in theory right because if you have a bunch of decent minds that are, are synchronized and actually want to get somewhere decent it should work, right? It's like, all right, let me just make sure I'm not being insane. Let me make sure that this actually makes sense. Let's let's make sure the vision's fine here. But when you end up with people, for example, in a peer review system where um, they're incentivized to like ensure that things stick to a specific narrative, whether this is conscious or not, like you know, some people are like, and everyone knows on the internet, could be, I don't know. But regardless of whether that that's the case or not, um, there's an incentive because if you happen to go against the current narrative, you're going to miss out on increasing your power. Um, and and I think to some weird degree, this tends to be about power, this sort of misalignment that people are like, all right, cool, I'll get a higher position. And like, what, what's the point of that? You're just you tend to look pretty miserable after you get there and you're just in this cycle of running versus like, I'm here, you know, I built a desk. It was great. <laughs> like, it's it's very strange to me how it turned, everything turned on its head. And the people who are kind of pushing this from the top down are not really much happier or even okay with what they're doing. They're just doing it. It's odd. It's almost like our, we've got a game of civilization. We've got this game uh, for civilization and people have gamed it. And now we're in this situation where the where the the people who know how to game the situation have gotten control, uh, and 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 they're not they like you said they're not necessarily doing it for any further end except for more power maybe, um, but like power itself once you already have it, worldly power once you once you have it sort of kind of there's diminishing returns there. Like anybody who's had power uh, recognizes that that power in terms of social status and all it doesn't quite fill fill that gaping giant hole that all of us have inside of us um and uh you also tend to lose power over yourself you can notice that about people in such positions they they can sometimes cause you know bigger changes or make certain interesting decisions but when it comes to like day-to-day -day life it's difficult they can't just pick up and be like i'm gonna i'm gonna cook ramen today you know like actually built a, a, a real proper ramen they can't really, they have to get consensus, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's interesting how much control they actually lose. Hmm. This is a really interesting point because it, it ties in with companies as well. I've been, we're, we're, I'm starting a new company called Cosmos. Uh, and that company is, uh, we're just going through that, the company process of, of, and, and our, our situation is slightly, um, uh, slightly, well, not, not slightly, it's uh, very different from other companies uh, in a way that I really like. I, I really like what we're trying to do. Uh, and so I guess I'll, I'll explain the whole thing. So we have, uh, I'm working with a company called Invisible and Invisible is my investor um, inside my company Cosmos. Uh, and they're investing in, in through it in through a, um, through a novel form of a venture studio, uh, which essentially uh, they're 
taking the investment from Invisible, going into this thing called Infinity, and then Infinity is investing in Cosmos and four other business units. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing all of this up is that Invisible has a board, Invisible has a governance structure, uh, Infinity will have a board, Infinity will have a governance structure, uh, and then Cosmos will have a board and Cosmos will also have a, a um, governance structure. Uh, and so I've, 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 you know, I've been in the round around the world of startups long enough to know that the way you start things is really important. Um, and all of my partners know that as well. And we're all aligned that, you know, the way, the way that you do the governance is really interesting. And when it comes to a company, there's a sort of strange thing about, you kind of need it to be an authoritarian, um, uh, uh, uh kind of setup, uh, uh, but you also want to include avenues of consensus. So you want kind of one person making most of the decisions, the CEO, uh, and then, uh, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll always make the right decision. And so the governance structure basically allows for a way. So in building my governance structure for Cosmos, I'm I'm trying to think about what does Cosmos need and what will Cosmos need in the eventuality that I may not ever, um, there may, there will be a, a point in time at which I will never, no longer be uh, able to do the cosmos role in cosmos's best interest uh and and i say will because you know the i will die there will there will be i will get sick like there's no way around that and so if cosmos turns it into something really big there will be a decision point at which that happens um and so but then in terms of decision making how do you do that in terms of consensus and how do you um how do you allow for that consensus because you want you want other people involved and you want their their theories um, and so there's a really interesting and beautiful tension. And I, I know that you're starting a company, uh, and I'd love to go into not like any sensitive details, but, uh, you know, like how are you thinking about this governance? How are you thinking about your co-founders? What size are you guys now? Yeah. So we have about, what is it? Like six people at the moment. And I, I, agree, I agree with you on that very much. It's sort of like a theocracy, you know, having a king. Um, but not, yeah, but I like the medieval king where this, you know, he'd be like, all right, and everyone's a serf and just pay me your land. And then he'd sit back and you know, eat all of me. It's like, okay, that's good. It's like the power thing again. And the reality is you want more like of a biblical sort of king. People like, people are, don't, are, I guess are not really aware of this. I'm talking about like Old Testament level where the structure really was you had a king and then you had um, like a court system kind of, it can kind of compare it. It's like 70 elders. Um, and then you had um, the prophet, I guess, or really the, um, the like the priesthood kind of. And it was like this triplet that really had to all agree with each other. And sure, of course, the king could be like, well, I have most control of the army and let me kind of run with it. And it happens all the time. If you like go through it, it happens. Uh, and it's this problem of good people and bad people is what it kind of always boils down to. It should be great. Like if everyone's aligned and everyone's like, right, what we're trying to do here is ensure that like the, our borders are kind of secure and we have like good relationships with all the countries and everyone's making money and, every, and the whole, everyone in the country is like kind of good to go. Everyone's got food and everyone's like just living and really, really happy. If everyone has this kind of interest in mind, then it's okay to have a king. It's okay to have this like CEO who's like, here's what we're going to do. Because at some point he also turns to his like, his crew, he's like, yeah, I'm not sure if this is going to work. What do you guys think? And they also have this like sort of good feeling where they could turn to the king and be like, hey, no disrespect, dude, but like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh my God, shoot, like, you're totally right. And there should be this balance. And it kind of, it, like, weirdly enough, it boils down to like, oh, get good people. And it's always this, you know, have a good network. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> say yeah. it. Yeah. You know, people change and all that, but that's really weirdly what it boils down to. And, and that's difficult. It's difficult. And that's where like, the control levels you sort of try to 
tie them in from the beginning um, to keep you safe just in case like, a, you know, a bad actor comes into play. Yeah. But then That's you have it. to make sure you don't become the bad actor. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to drill in on that point. Cause it's something I think a lot about. Um, and I'm, I'm, cause it's not only do you have bad actors, uh, but we all make decisions and they're always, they're always results of those decisions. And there's always sort of a temptation uh, in those decisions as well. And so no matter how, high-minded we are and no matter how uh well, maybe not, i shouldn't say no matter because it does matter uh, uh like there's always the fall right there's always the potential for the fall uh and that fall can come from our, our decisions and we can go be below the level of integrity due to all these crazy things that we just end up like then then we can get into more you know like things like the luciferic or the satanic uh and and like the luciferic is is a really interesting one because it 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 plays on the higher mind capabilities so like the temptations of the of the higher mind of it's like well if i if i did that thing then i would you know have this thing and i can justify that thing to myself and then you in a series and and so n- not only is that for us as well but all of the people that we do business with also have that opportunity as well and so no matter what you start out with like you said it's like this the churning wheel of samsara like it's just like it, it like it, the main thing that I've come to the conclusion over the last few years is that the world itself is not a um paradise uh and that there is the opportunity to to be in paradise here on earth but uh but uh no most people are not in that most people are in a hell realms like or in the animal realm or or like like it's not it's not a it's in and everything like no matter how much we think through it the mind is never going to figure it out um what's your take on that uh, it's it's a, it's a lot of points mentioned. So the, the first thing that I was thinking about is the concept of like the the kind of Luciferian good bad, and I was just talking about this with a friend of mine last night, um, like literally twenty four hours ago. And that there, you can kind of like there's this concept of like fifty gates to like kind of reach a certain like point of, of thought, and there's also but it goes in both directions. It's like a circle, so you can kind of go these these fifty levels and like go for like a really nice height. You can also go negative and kind of like go go for go for the bad. Either way, it's a circle. You're, you're going fifty this way or fifty this way. You're gonna get there. It's just we don't recommend going the other way because like you come out of a kind of a monster probably or i don't even know why because i think even trying to consider why the direction is bad kind of puts you in that direction i can like theorize about points but to go deep into it i'm not even sure i, I know how to which is like a trip to like, even consider that and then what you were saying about um uh, what, what did you say at the end again right i mean i just wasn't keeping track of my head uh, well, I did say a lot. So, so, so there's sort of like the temptation, there's the luciferic, there's the, there's the, the, the higher mind getting kind of trapped in these temptations. And then there's the concept of paradise, et cetera, yeah, and, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So that I'd also, uh, it's, it's, it's this is something I like to discuss with a couple of friends of mine. And, and I think about it quite a bit. There's this like separation that people make. They're like, you know, whether if you're atheist or not, whatever, it just doesn't really matter. But there's a separation that they're like, and there's this physical world and we have a body. And then like there's the mind, or you can call it the spiritual. And it's like, and then when we die, it's like different and it's a different space. No, it's all right here. You just ran out in a very physical realm. So there's like this very literal physical body right here, and I got walls around me and all that. And they're very, very literal. Now think about it conceptually, right? Um, the wall, while it's a very real thing that's made out of something very specific, it's also a concept. When I say wall, the, the, just the word wall is much more general. And then when you put it into your mind, if, if you're like thinking the word wall, it's even more conceptual. It's kind of like regressing or 
or really returning to source, where it becomes even more general. And so we're here at super physical walls. Wall, when I build that's what it is. But if we're talking about a wall, I could be talking about like a blockage when it comes to like a company or like when it comes to like conversations, it's much more general than in my head. It means something. I don't, I don't even know. It's, you know, you think about it in many different ways. And, and like it's, another way I've put it is like, you know, you look at a chair and you call it a chair. It's like, I guess it's like an easier way of saying it. But you look at a chair, you call it a chair because you're sitting on it. But what if you sat on the floor and it put your thing on the chair? Oh, it's a table. So like, what's a chair? It's sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It really depends how it's being used right now in the world. And then again, when, when you go back into your head is to define what it is, suddenly everything's a chair. Like, it's, it's, okay. let's, yeah. <laughs> This is getting into a big, big kind of recognition that I've had recently that I got from uh, Stephen Wolfram, uh, who and Stephen Wolfram is a is a brilliant uh, scientist uh, who came up with this term Ruliad space, uh, and he's talking about computation and because the world of computation is in that world that you described, which is the one that we share our minds with. Like the 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 computation is also in the mathematical world. It's computing but but it like it's computing things that humans want and and humans want physical things that exist out in the physical world but i think what we really want has more to do with what you just described which is the representation of the physical thing that is the ideal state of that so so we want a chair that does the thing that we want the chair to do maybe i we were just talking about it before we started recording i'm currently in a hammock i probably won't uh won't uh, post the video. I may, I may post the video, but, uh, um, but you know, the, 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 I, I wanted to be really comfortable in this, in this conversation. Cause now I don't, uh, take notes anymore because AI comp computes the, the, the language piece. So I don't take notes anymore. So it allows me to go off into the forest and take my, and once Starlink gets really everywhere, then I'll start to do interviews everywhere, maybe from a hammock in a forest. And, uh, so, you know, it, it's all this computation and it's computing things that we want. Um, and so what do we want is the big question, but this Rulliard space that you were talking about, well, it, it, and it also relates to Plato's forms. I got a lot of uh, 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 things about from when you were talking about Plato and his forms and, and like there's the form of the chair, which is different from the actual chair, the physical manifestation of the chair. Um, and, and it really like the, 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 he, so much of our lives, particularly now, like the fact that we're talking, you know, you're in 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 the eastern hemisphere, I'm in the western hemisphere, and and you know, we're the the computer is computing all this huge amount of data that's going through, but we're really connecting on this place. Both of us are using language. It's all in this really art space of all these like concepts that are that are that we all care about. And if it were like, it's never just about the physical world. Like the physical world is just like this thing that is almost like like uh completely outside of what we really care about unless unless it's we... almost a medium to some weird degree where we're bound to it it's where we're like in this moment of uh we're sort of locked into a system so to speak where it, so uh, people sort of sometimes think that like okay if you think about the concepts of soul and body well again it's not a matter of belief it's just words here um they think of it as a sort of a soul locked into a body. It's not really that. Like your body is just kind of a version of your soul to some degree. It's sort of presenting here. It's uh it's a way of this very I'm thinking how to put it. It's sort of, you know, you could go look at a cat or a dog. Like I have a wild cat that shows up in the morning and she's great. I, I don't really like cats, I like dogs a lot better, but this cat's great. She makes sure that there's like no mice, 
she sometimes looks at me and like meows a lot and then just tries to get into the house. But I have to be like, this is not happening. Like, no, I no, we're friends. That's fine. <laughs> um, but it's it's not a human. She communicates. It's it's interesting, but there's it's not as much. So it's this sort of, but there, there, we're in this sort of form where there's a presentation of whatever it is that each of, you know, that we are or that animals are, et cetera. The presentation is, is in this sort of really, really physical form. But the reality is there's something much more behind it. And this is, this is pretty obvious when you start thinking about kind of your life and how things progress. Think about sleeping. Where do you go? Why are you dreaming? But your body's there, but others can see you. Um, so it's pretty clear that we're sort of in this certain version of of something very, very physical. But the reality is the communication that we're taking part in um, and the way we standardly do it through talking is just really a form of it, simply because of where we are and the circumstances we're in. And like you were saying, now that we have computers and things like that, it's changed things drastically. And it really could help us look at our lives and look at the world differently and go, wow, something's very interesting. Because back in the day, if I was where I was and you were where you were, there was no way we could communicate. I could send you a letter, maybe. Impossible. But suddenly, like, we're like worlds apart. But right here, it's just like we're bridging time and we're bridging space in a way that is previously unimaginable. And if that's doable via something physical, like a computer, it's very physical. It's metal and chips and glass. It's really cool. Um, you know, it's clearly bridging something in a world that's a lot more complex and a lot more special than we standardly think about. Which is the crazy thing that goes into the intellect, the difference between the intellect and the soul, the spirit and such, uh, because I think a lot of people, particularly of materialist bent, would listen to what you just said, and there would be a lot of frustration uh, uh, because it, it's like that doesn't compute because the material <laughs> world is absolute and we are we don't exist. Like it's well, it's like the atheist framework is, and I I, I have plenty of friends who are atheists, and we 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 have very productive conversations, and I love. Uh, atheist, and I did, like I don't mean anything against it, but Same. I definitely yeah. disagree. I disagree with the fundamental belief. Uh, uh, um, and so, you know, it's like the the, the intellect can navigate. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's it's something about the 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 intellect is separate from the soul and the spirit, and that if that there are some things that are only acceptable to an intellect that has been enlivened by the spirit if that makes sense. What do you think on that? Yeah, so there, it's funny. There, like, um, I guess I, I belong to like a really old tradition, um, like quite old. Um, and there, within the tradition, there's like many teachings and there's many different books and stuff. Um, and all of it's really considered one. There's not really considered separation between them. It's just different ways of looking at things. You could be super materialistic and physical and like, here's how it works and here's the laws. And then there's much more metaphysical ways of looking at it and being like, here's why. And usually the people who are much more, I think they're sometimes called modernists, and I think um, they kind of look at the, like, that metaphysical and they're like, what are you talking about? Mm. And so what? And it's kind of this like weird separation um, of this inability to, I don't, I don't know if it's even inability, but where is it, where is it going with this? Um, all right, so uh, the, there's an interesting teaching about, so it comes to a question of like, should you be like tripping out, looking at like, super deep ways of looking at the world because people i have friends they've gone down the rabbit hole of like oh wow and then it just like a bunch of hippies tuning out and i'm like it's cool i love them like you know i see them all the time um but like i'm also like hey make this world better 
you know, it's not actually, you know, but I'm like, and I love them, but there's a, the question comes up about like, should you go down the rabbit hole of like, who should do it? And the answer that's given is sort of, is um, someone whose heart, um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm thinking about the translation is, it's like someone whose heart is just breaking within them, that they have, mm-hmm. they can't, they're looking at the world, they're like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. What What's going on here? That's when you like enter that world. You're like, I gotta know, I gotta, I gotta understand it really more. And you never really understand it because it's beyond words, right? It's sort of like what you were saying before about intellectualism versus speech. It's sort of, once it comes down to the level of speech, it's you're sort of flattening it to some degree. It's it's how we communicate, you kind of need it there, but you're removing it. It's sort of, if I tell you my dream, it's it's hard to tell the dream over, right? Cause you're like, and, and then and then this happened and, and I don't know how to explain it, but that's weird. Like it's really weird because there's this state that's a little one before this level of speech and this level of physical where things happen at this like weirdly different schedule where it's like, without time really, but it translates into time. Mm. So there's this, it's, and, and it's pretty clear that this is, that this is true. Again, you can go back to like something technology where right now you and I are breaking like time and space. It's weird. It's like really, really weird. Even, you know, flying in an airplane, this is really breaking what but it's, it's only weird. would have been it's, normal. It's only weird if you examine it. Uh, yes, because, yes, because exactly. It's, it's not like, regular, it's whatever, it's the norm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting, and it makes me think about the Book of Job, and uh, the 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 heart is breaking in in sort of like God and the devil getting together and uh, doing a conspiracy on Job and telling him to you know losing everything in his life and and his heart breaks and it's like uh, and then and then and then finding out you know the 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 the, the challenge of being on here here on the planet where everything goes away and everything changes all the time and uh, and so yeah it's a really beautiful sort of thing that's off limits to a lot of people who aren't examining it and there is no like i've been thinking about this podcast episode and you know whether people are listening to it because we're going off onto a lot of different tangents which is which is definitely if they're if they're if they're listening to it means that they're used to it because that's what i do with with crazy wisdom a lot is go off on these tangents and and go wherever it goes um and you know but it's like it's like off it's like totally outside the realm of a lot of people in their daily lives and then for me, who's gone through that experience of the Job type of thing, like the last 10 years have been hell on earth, basically. And and like and I've I've gone down to that abyss and now I'm sort of re-emerging outside of it. And, and uh, life is opening up in these beautiful ways that wouldn't have been possible without that that deep journey into the abyss. And and it's I tried to avoid it for so long. Uh, and then then just through repetition over and over again, just getting confronting that abyss. It's like, OK, well. Okay, it's great now. Uh, now I love it. Now I'm now I'm now I'm now I'm here for it. Uh, uh, but it's like also just something that most people who haven't been sort of forced by conditions into that, uh, it's totally outside the realm, which can be be sort of lonely um, because it's, you can't really talk to a lot of people about it. But you don't need to either because like there's this other side of life which is really fun, which is just like we're all animals, we're all in a body, uh, we're all just like kind of figuring it out. It's simple. It's simple. Yeah, yeah. It's it's simple. It's exactly. Yeah. Bridging the yep. gap. Yeah. And yep. the, but the bridging the gap is, is hard because like you'll see, you know, either yeah, in general people are either like you know unaware of it and just living life, and it's beautiful. Like you know, you look around and you know, I have friends like everyone's just going to work. I'm like, yeah, isn't that awesome? Like they're just doing it and they love it and like or they're okay with it. And they and my friends, you know, they looked and they're like, Yeah, it's true. Why, yeah, why why is that negative? It's not, it's not negative. And then you have the other side, and they're like, everything's down the tree, how it reaches up to the sky. I'm like, okay, you gotta bridge those two worlds. You gotta like both be able to go outside and like go by groceries while being like, what a beautiful tree. And you just go by groceries. Also, you gotta you gotta do both. 
it's 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 like a, a friend of mine every time like uh, I'll, I'll drive and um I'll, I'll be like wow it's just a beautiful view he's like you've been here forever it's still beautiful i'm like yeah and also i'm driving like it's like this bridge of that weird gap mm. yeah and it is it is and driving has to do with beautiful sunsets and beautiful like life things like the more examination i do the more beautiful life gets like uh uh but at the same time if I go into that hippie state, which I've been around that a lot, a lot where it's like totally disconnected and it's, and it's a, it's a running away from the physical world. And I guess the Gnostics had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny to notice that it made me think of like a different, there's, there's a teaching of, um, uh, it's just like two sages and, and they're walking, um, or they either, they're, I forget if they're walking or if they just kind of keep over this, this lesson. And they're like, if someone's walking and sort of studying or, 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 you know, doing something and they break in their, in their studies to look at a tree and say, what a beautiful tree, like they're cursed. And you, and you look at that, a curse, I don't remember the term they use or, or like, kind of like, what are you doing? Like what? And so you look at that and you're like, what? You shouldn't look at a tree. And I remember thinking about that for a long time, the teaching and the realization of like, no, what they're saying is if you're breaking from the study, you should be like, oh, cool. You know, I'm kind of living my life and doing my thing. And like, that's a beautiful tree. It's part of life too. Isn't that awesome? Not to separate these two things. Like, yeah. this is like super rational. Here's how we break this stuff down. And wow, what a tree. It's like, no, 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 do the same thing. It's just different. <laughs> you're bringing it all down. It's a one sort of thing. Uh, that's really interesting. And, and I, I had a, a moment where I got it, but then I lost it. Um, uh, you're, you're essentially saying that in the study, if you w- look up and you see the tree, you make a separation from the tree in the study, whereas the study is incorporative of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's instead of stopping and sort of being like, wow, okay, pause, pause of all our rationality and, 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 and yes. breaking this into something proper and go, what yeah, a tree yeah, is to say yeah. like that. Oh, that's it, a different thing. No, it's all the trees so your study is also that trippy it's just you're kind of solidifying it well it's uh it's like sort of like for, i guess freezing water into ice right is there like oh the water is so much better because it's so much flowier they're just different states and they're very useful in different states and you need them in different moments mm. or like you know molten metal is even better because you put the work into making it less stable it's like an interesting way to think about like uh the world of the intellectual versus like the super physical world mm. okay that gets into something interesting territory well, what do you think about the age that we're about to enter? Do you fear any fear? Do you feel any fear? Do you have any anxiety over what where technology can lead, even over the past few years of like where technology has kind of entered into your life and your family's life? Do you have any um, uh, reservations about where we're headed or how do you think about the future? Well, it's, it's a very varied thought process that I have about it. Because, like, for example, I see my generation, I I can consider it, um, we were born just pre um, the internet being a big thing. I think it existed. It just wasn't really that big. And we sort of grew into it. And so we had this balance in between living in a real world and then this really massive highway of communication. And so we have this balance, this capability of kind of like going out in the world, communicating, being social, um, and also like kind of bitching about a little. And then like also utilizing the tech and then i'm seeing a generation of people who are kind of like 18 to 25 or so they're really really taken by the tech and they don't know how to live a regular life and they really don't like uh, you know there's people who i know very very well who like kind of are, are stuck in that and going out of the world it's very difficult for them because to them the online world is so real and it's not to say the online world is not real but it's they're they're they're, they're sort of owned by the tech 
as opposed to realizing that everything around you is a tool and you got to use it. You got to make sure it doesn't use you. Um, and this, so what, what, I, what I think about is, is how many people are going to be able to do that? Um, like, for example, right, this, the, the big thing now is AI and LLMs and, oh, everything's done. You know, it doesn't matter. Nobody needs to write anymore. It's like, no, you just need to see things very differently now. Um, AI is fantastic. I, I, there's an LLM that I'll run like on my machine and it's like so cool because it's mine and it's not like poisoned by, you know, whatever the mass ones are done with. I get to like train it a little bit and it's just awesome. And it's like, it's a tool, but I'm not sitting there chatting with it all day. I haven't lost my mind. I, I just kind of, it's, it's a really cool tool. Sometimes I like a little funny thing. I'm like, super, super curious, but it'll, but it'll respond, but I don't allow it to control me. And so it's less anxiety about the future. And a lot of it is more, this like weird thought of like how many people are going to make it through this i don't know what make it means i don't know if it yeah. means to die or like just stuck in a pot you know or whatever it is or like kind of sucked into the system but how many people are kind of going to be able to see everything for what it is and then kind of utilize it properly versus kind of coming a little bit enslaved by by, by, by something uh, you know whatever that may be whether that's just addicted to social media i don't know whatever but you know sort of being owned by everything that is that is coming out right now Yes. And this goes into something I've been thinking a lot about uh, ever since last year. <laughs> uh, I just remembered where I thought of it, but I won't I won't share. Uh, I, I'll, I just remembered who uh, introduced uh, this thought period, thought form into my mind, my mind. Um, and it, it, it's domination or it's subservience to the technology. And as tools, we are the tool makers and we are the tool owners. And and so we should dominate the tools. But well, and, and the question of domination of the tools didn't even like, it wasn't even a possible to be subservient to the tools 300 years ago because the tools were so rudimentary. Now the tools are dominating us and dominating large swaths of the population um, and with no seeming escape. But there is a seed of hope as well in there as well is that I think I was one of the first generations because I come from the Silicon Valley uh, uh, to really, really see this in my personal life of being dominated by video games and having that that absolute like I don't want to do anything else besides play these video games uh go away with all the the other stuff like I don't want I don't want to deal with it this, that's not as much fun as these video games and now video games aren't part of my life and I do feel like that I I have a a sort of ability to look at the tools although there is some there's some addiction there still as well um to to the internet and to the to those things but I do think that there is a seed of hope that this the spirit of technique is what Jacques Ellul, um, and for you or any of the listeners who who wanna wanna understand this 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 specific thing that we're talking about, Jacques Ellul, Ellul, I can't pronounce his name, he's a French guy, uh, called the spirit of technique. Um, and and he talks about how the spirit of technique is not a spirit, it's a it's a mechanical sort of thing that takes over human beings because we are these tool tool users. Uh, that kind of just takes over unless you're mindful of it. And it actually leads me to, I'm actually going to start a, I'm starting a course for people, which is to basically uh, uh, have a theory of human augmentation that does not lead into the trans transhumanist, uh, uh, I would say naive transhumanist, uh, uh, because in a certain sense, we're already transhumans and we've been transhumans ever since the the agriculture and writing and the tractor were invented. Cause you know, if you're riding a tractor, does that make you transhuman? Uh, some people would say, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and so, so I'm developing a course that will essentially help people to understand this fundamental issue and help to break it inside of themselves 
using uh, the wisdom of our ancients uh, to to help us guide us through these this crazy crazy time period where we're going to be given the powers of gods and 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 I don't mean to say that like woohoo we got the powers of gods it's like no it's like uh this this is this is going to be a dangerous time for the spirit i think and there's going to be a lot of potential temptations as we were discussing earlier to fall and and uh, i think it's important to for people to prepare for that and so i want to help people prepare for that um and uh and uh so yeah so the uh so very interesting what you said about the, i do want to go back to that llm piece on your on your you have a local llm on your on your machine how difficult was it for you to set that up you just download it. It's pretty easy. Is it Mr. All? You know, um, it's GPT for all. If you know Brian Rommel, um, I don't know much about him other than him. He's like, he just posts cool stuff and he's super intelligent. <laughs> um, and then you can kind of add whatever model you want to it. You can, if you want, you could use your API key and kind of link out the chat GPT. So like, I don't know what the point of that is, but you could, you could do that. Or you can kind of use existing models built on top of them. Um, Hmm. Uh, you know, perfect them. I like something he said. I remember when he first started like talking about it publicly, and uh, he was like, "Be nice." Something like, "Be nice to it." I don't remember exact his exact wording, but he's like, "This is yours." Like, don't think it's just like ChatGPT where you like drive it crazy and insult it until it does whatever it wants. He's like, "It's gonna learn. It's not human. You know, it's not real. It's real, but it's not like you real in the same way. But treat it well. It's it's something. Same way you treat. I guess you know. Same way you treat your cat. Well, you don't just kick it across the road. You know, you're like, "Hey, can you stop?" It's like in that sense, you like do treat it well. And it, it makes me think about like how you don't want to uh, um, like issue, that's, that's a great word, but issue your tools, right? Um, to be like, no, we, we should we should be able to, you know, do everything without these tools. It's like I, I saw a video the other day on YouTube um, and someone was using a nail gun. It was like a, a modern version of it. And it had gas and electric and it was just fast. It was awesome. And some people in the comments were like, you know, my granddaddy, and he was able to just do it all by hand. I'm like, that's really cool. But we do have this now. That's really great. Like you know, <laughs> both of those things are really awesome. You shouldn't be owned by your tool, but you shouldn't be like no more tools. You got to use this to make everything better. This is now what we have now is a tool that will give us the capability of making life even better. Mm-hmm. And in the sense of not even better, like you said, to be able to sit back and just play a video game because the reality of video games is really just this uh, fake goal creation that makes you feel like you've achieved milestones, but you're just sitting there doing it again and again because it's not a real milestone. You've gotten nothing, so you just keep going. It's not like cooking a meal where afterwards you're like, wow, it's so great. I can just look outside now. I've done so much. Um, it's just like false version of it. So the point of making uh, the, the act of living physically a little bit simpler is to give us the capability of kind of making things even more beautiful to like chase after making things nicer than they are today. Mm. It's sort of like the, you look around their cities and they're the same as they once were. Like uh, what's like Peter Thiel's quote of something like, if you look around, it's just kind of just like the seventies, just like the eighties. We don't really have that much new, like the hell is going on. Uh, it's this is what this should give us the capability of doing kind of uh, um what's the word sort of i guess not synthesizing but uh, making things even more natural to to, to synthesize mm-hmm. with what does exist and be part of it and make it better we're here we're here pruning the garden right if, if you planted roses they don't really grow very nicely unless you take care of them mm-hmm. it's like the um, another example is uh english gardens or, or the english countryside how there's something like people on Reddit were like, look how good nature is in England. And, you know, people were like, that's because it's been taken care of by you, yes. actually. If not, yeah. it will look like a jungle, which is, kind of, jungles are cool, but they're like, they're dangerous and they're a mess. They're great. <laughs> they're a wreck. It's this balance of cultivating what is here. That's that's what we're here for. 
it, it, everything here is ready to go. It just needs us. It needs a little bit of, of our little flavoring to make it happen. Mm. That's the idea of, of everything we're being given right now is to just give us the capability of making everything better, mm. more beautiful, greater. Yeah, that that's a great point. It reminds me the last last few minutes, we got 10 minutes left. There's the the it reminds me of the first time that I started going off into the forests on my own. Um uh I would I would drive my motorcycle from San Francisco into the mountains in California, which are these beautiful, beautiful mountains. And then I would get out there alone. Uh and I'd be like, oh shit, I just I'm in the forest alone right now. Uh, and I have like totally outside of cell phone reception and, and each night would be like, just like, Whoa, what, what, why am I doing this? What's going on? Like, like nature is, 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 is dangerous and there's bears out there. Yep. It's like, it's like, this is, this is, you know, I'm, and I'm alone. I'm, I'm not with, you know, like in the humans, like you weren't alone in the forest unless you went out specifically to go as that, uh, the trial that, that kids would go through, you know, where they did go alone to experience yeah, it. Like, yeah. This is, this is, this is what happens when you're out, you know, on your own. Like, it's not, not a fun experience. It's like, it's like crazy. It's frightening. It's yeah. super frightening. Yeah. And then the other thing, uh, is that Buenos Aires is exactly like you just described of that sort of city that's beautiful because people took time to think about it. And like, they developed this, this guy, Carlos Tice. Uh, who Argentine uh, from Buenos Aires developed this beautiful uh, garden called the Harding Botanico. And it's just like so inspiring. You go in there and you feel like you're in Harry Potter. Like it's magical in there with this, the, the statues and the trees and the way that they've they've really taken time to think through this. And it's just so beautiful. And I, I know a bunch of European cities have have that type of stuff, but it's cool to see it in the in 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 the Western Hemisphere because the people in Buenos Aires, they did it different than in New York. New York Central Park also has that, but New York yeah. is, is like the new American version. The Buenos Aires, the, it's European. This is a European city in uh, in the Western Hemisphere, which is right, I, they, yeah. This you guys speak Portuguese, right? Uh, no, no. In in Brazil, they speak Portuguese, but Brazil, in Argentina, okay. yeah, yeah, they speak they speak Spanish. And there is uh -huh. there is a city like this in Brazil. I haven't been there. I want to go there. Called Manaus. Uh, which is actually a beautiful thing to talk about because uh, Manaus is a city in the Amazon uh, that was made famous by the rubber barons um, who in the in the 1850s started developed this crazy city that has all the European architecture because they were so wealthy, but it's in the middle of the Amazon and you're talking about the jungle and they they reformed the jungle. And actually at one point, Henry Ford, because uh, Henry Ford was developing his cars, I guess it was early 1900s, Henry Ford was developing his cars and he needed all this rubber. He actually came down and set up a new city in the Amazon that was a Ford city uh, that like tried to, but it, it was a failure because like the jungle is not a, it's the like jungle is the yeah, it's the, not a the, at all. Yeah, it's like the expert level, the the boss level yeah. of, of can you tame nature? Uh, it's not easy at all. Uh, but yeah, what do you think? So right now, it's just ruins. That, that's a no. But what it's just in the Ford city, I'm gonna have to go back. I, I'm not totally sure what I'm talking about here, but the, the the there's some Ford city in the middle. I think it's outside of Manaus, like an hour or two. But Manaus is a fully functioning city with like two million people in the middle of the Amazon. Um, uh, that that has all this old architecture uh european style architecture which i i definitely want to go there but the jungle is a is a it's like a it's hard for me to go in the jungle mostly because of the yeah. humidity what's your experience yeah, in the jungle i have a little bit here and there um it's 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 killer like i'd rather desert i take the desert any day of the week like i really like when it's hot sunny like i'm 100 fine with that um but yeah the humidity the, the kind of breathing and, and humidity just it, it kind of sucks 
it, this, the whole architecture thing makes me think of, I, I remember seeing it, I think it was on Twitter, X, whatever, that thing. Um, it was, they, they kind of plugged, I don't remember what, into Sun LLM, and they were asking it about building certain types of architecture to like utilize like nature's influence. Oh. And the buildings it was coming up with were glorious. Whoa. And not just like utopic, like insane. It was just like, that would really fit in if you kind of were able to plug in your local geography and what it looked like. And then you can make it function really well. You can kind of utilize, you know, plants Whoa. for shade, which like I think about, right? You don't want to spend on AC or heat all the time. You can kind of structure things a lot more functionally. And yeah, sure, use the AC, use all that. But you can always have like this, very natural way of doing things. Like for example, in the, in spring, summer, I'll do, you know, at night kind of leave the windows open so that in the morning, everything's cooler. And you can turn on the AC later, but AC feels not so natural. You can feel it drying you out a little. It's kind of a weird feeling. You want to try and live with nature, trying to. And this, the, the, the architecture that this LLM posted up was just, it's glorious. And, and it, I would love to be able to build like that. So from both like a, you know, not be restricted by governmental aspects of like permits and what they actually allow you to do, which is to real, it's a real issue, especially where I am. <laughs> Funny example, um, one of my gutters um, that goes from the roof. And then, uh, so how do you explain it? So my house is sort of like steps and then you come up and here's the house. So um, there's like a patio here and the gutter comes out the roof. And then when the water comes down, it just spills onto the patio and goes right down. And the weird thing is the gutter right there has a pipe and there's a pipe right near it. That's supposed, it's supposed to be connected. So it can just go through piping. So it goes into the street. And I was talking with my landlord. I was like, Hey, look, what's up? They didn't connect it. He's like, yeah, because uh, the city doesn't allow it because it might overwhelm the sewage system. And I'm like, what? Okay. what? <laughs> You can't make it nice. It might overwhelm the system that we didn't put enough money into. Like, let's just let me build. Let me do it. It's very frustrating to me. Uh, we could make it beautiful. It's not that difficult. It's kind of there's these weird blockers in the way of sort of like you have to do it in the way we have decided. And it's totally crazy because I, I and this is a whole other hour podcast that we could get into right now. But uh, but uh, uh, there is a there there in the Western world. And it's part of the reason why I'm in Buenos Aires, because there's something interesting going on because of the fact that it's so developing still, uh, that there is liberty and freedom here to do things that, uh, are outside the realm of possibility within the West, which is now, uh, which is we're in the rest of the West because Argentina is the West and that's really cool. Uh, 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 and Brazil has a similar thing going on. Although Brazil, the, 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 the challenges that you just mentioned are actually worse in Brazil. Um, uh, but the state doesn't have the ability to actually go in and 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 uh, and and make sure that those things are happening. Uh, whereas in, in the U.S., where you are, uh, most of Europe, the state actually has the power to do those things, and it's making it all rigid, really, really rigid. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's we're we're like the, the it's the it feels not possible to do to make the changes that are necessary for us to thrive yeah. and survive very soon like it's, it's funny because what you said about a developing country so where, where i am i mean just for listeners it's easier i'm in israel um super controversial now whatever <laughs> but um it's actually weirdly developing like so like this example about the gutters there's also um the lender to put up sort of a separate um apartment i guess it's sort of vaguely connected to like the house that i'm in and but it's there's no wall yet nobody lives there it's fine he's like just use it don't worry about it and i was like why don't you put a wall he's like because specter's gonna first come and then he knows exactly what we're doing, but he doesn't care. And then you put it up. So it's just like very developing and you like, you could speed. Uh, my favorite example is like, if you get pulled over for speeding here um, and the cop is like, what are you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? It, it just, just highway. They'll be like, oh, fine. It's like, it's, it's this weird balance. Like the government here both will tax you to death, but at the same time, you kind of are 
on your own to like a very weird yes. degree. And it's yeah, a very strange balance. Do whatever you want, but also like we're in your face. So I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's weird to think about how the West sort of peaked. Um, uh, you know, people are like, oh, it can recover. Could be. Um, but it's almost as though they aimed for a certain goal. And once they reach the goal, you're kind of like, all right, yeah, we are. And you kind of fall off it. Had it, is that even preventable? I wonder about, should you just not really have a goal of being this? To have a goal of living. And in that way, yeah. there's no peak. You're kind of just growing, growing. You're Sisyphus, but in a good way. And that goes back to what we were originally talking about, which is essentially like the goal of power, the goal of worldly power is is not a good goal. It's not, it's like, it's not a comprehensive yeah. goal. Uh, and the goal really of inner power, yeah. yeah, the goal of inner power and unlocking the power that we all have naturally as human beings in spirit is 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 a wildly generative, uh, but also very challenging goal. It's like not, uh, but that's what's beauty of it as well is that no matter, you know, like the goal of enlightenment, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big goal. Like it's, and it's, and it's like, not at all. There's a lot of false claims to enlightenment. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, it's just like that one, like, how can you even turn it into a goal? Cause, cause it destroys the actual thing that's trying to get the goal. Um, and so that's, that, if anybody's listening to this, that's my suggestion is like, I actually, I would not suggest the goal of enlightenment to anybody. Uh, the, uh, the, maybe the goal of salvation might be a better goal um, to perfect. The, Did you tweet the out that picture? There's, it's like a, it's a cartoon of this guy and he's kind of reaching the cliff and there's like, you know, the old sage sitting there cross-legged and he's like, I've come seeking enlightenment. Oh. And he's like, go back to where you're from or something like that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, 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 sorry, I'm disillusionment. This is dis disillusionment. This, right, yeah. this, this, this is yeah. the mountain of disillusionment. <laughs> Enlightenment's over there. Um, right. this guy who's like climbing the mountain, who's almost, who's just climbed the mountain and thought he's getting into enlightenment. And I, that's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good, uh, right. Yeah. At least in my journey, that's a, that's been a uh, that's been a a, a a common pattern, basically. Yeah. yeah, enlightenment would be weird. I mean, like you aim for enlightenment, like am I here yet? The whole time, that's what you're thinking about. It's like you're not going anywhere. <laughs> that's all you're yeah, thinking about. What you there's doing? nothing to reach. There's there is no goal. Like there, exactly. like yeah, yeah. Um, well, this has been awesome. Uh, how can people find out more about what you're working on? Um, and what's the name of your company? Uh, company is called Column. You can go to joincolumn.com, J-O-I-N-C-O-L-U-M-N.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Z Schwab, S-C-H-W-A-B. First name is Z-E-E -E, on Twitter. Uh, just that's that's my handle. And what are you guys um, looking for right now? Like what's what's their big, uh, like the thing that you guys really want to do? How can, if they're interested in helping you out, how can people help you out? So first thing is just join up or, you know, allowing people on the platform slowly. Um, we're also building out the protocol aspect where it's all about looking at every platform at the entire internet. Cause that's really, really vital. It's, it's looking at the entirety of the human being, not just on one area that doesn't work. You gotta look at everything. Um, we're looking for people who want to get involved either team members, people who want to actually be part of a round or raising all that. We're looking for good people. Like I said before, looking for good, it's hard to find them, but <laughs> we found a few just by people being like, Hey, I really like this. I want to be involved. I want to be involved and I want to, I'll add you to all the, all the WhatsApp groups that we're building as well to help, help uh, entrepreneurs connect with each other. Sure. Um, Would love yeah. to hear. So yeah, thank you so much and uh, have a great day. Likewise. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Stuart Alsop, I, I, I. Also don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes for every weekly episode that I publish on Monday mornings. Hope you have a great day.